G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Two Christian tourists visiting Niagara Falls were struck with awe at the spectacular view of this natural wonder. For a long time they stood at a vantage point at the top of the falls, captivated by the magnificent sight. None of the men spoke for a while as they watched the rapids pouring over the falls, sending up clouds of mist. One of the two men who had visited the falls on a previous occasion said to the other man, Come with me, I want to show you something. Making their way to the foot of Niagara Falls, the man turned to his friend, pointed to the water surging along its course and said, This is the greatest unused power in the world. His friend thought for a while, then replied, With one exception, the Holy Spirit. He is the greatest unused power. Jesus promised his disciples that they would receive power when the Holy Spirit came upon them. Sadly, so many Christians live their lives in the power of their own resources. The Holy Spirit gives us all the power we need to be victorious and effective Christians. May He not be neglected as the source of power in our lives. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And thank you for joining us. Phil's my name and with me is author and pastor Ken Legg. We're wrapping up our discussion on the Holy Spirit this week. We've had an interesting uh, look at this subject. And Ken, as you say, the Holy Spirit is the power for living the Christian life. But sadly, he's often neglected and we prefer instead to do things in our own energy using our own resources. Yeah, just before Jesus returned to heaven, he gave this promise. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now that word power uh, as you probably know, Phil, is the word dunamis in mm. the Greek, and it means actually ability, ability to do. So God lets us often see our inability in order that we might come to depend upon his ability. Mm. We've got to come to the end of ourselves at times. You see what we can't do in our own strength and by our resources, and then we're hungry for his power. Think of the Holy Spirit. You're often drawn straight to Acts chapter 2, You know the early yeah. church, the Holy Spirit came. And it's been said that the Acts of the Apostles should really be named the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's right. Uh, It's quite interesting, Phil, that word for word, Luke wrote more of the New Testament than any other writer. Did you know that? A lot of people say Paul did because, you know, he wrote most of the epistles. Mm. But word for word, Luke wrote more than anyone else. He wrote a two-volume work, of course. He wrote the Gospel according to Luke, which is the foundations of the Christian faith. Yeah, And then he wrote Acts, which is the growth and the development of the Christian faith. Now, interestingly, both Luke's gospel and Acts would have covered an equal size papyrus. So they are about the same length. And also they both cover a, a period of about 33 years. So volume one uh, is all about what Jesus began to do. That's how Luke starts the Acts of the Apostles. He says, um, the first treatise I wrote about all that Jesus began to do. Now, mm-hmm. you think about that for a moment, um, because the volume two, which is the Acts of the Apostles, is all that he's continuing to do. It's interesting because he, all he began to do includes the crucifixion on the cross, yeah. which, which some might say, well, that's kind of the conclusion of what he was doing. 
Yeah. But he's saying this, no, it's just beginning. That's right, because the Holy Spirit comes to apply that. But if you look at the, um, the what Jesus did, uh, when he started his ministry, when he very, right at the very first beginning there, he went into the synagogue, he took the book, opened it up in a special place where it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me mm. because he has anointed me to preach glad tidings to the poor and so on. So he was saying right at the outset, I can can do nothing except by the Holy Spirit working upon me and through me. Um, but then we come to the Acts of the Apostles, and it starts with Jesus saying to his disciples, don't do anything until you receive the Holy Spirit. Mm. In fact, in the first 13 chapters of Acts, the Holy Spirit is mentioned 40 times. That's 40 times. Uh, somebody said that the in the New Testament, it's the only book without a proper ending. And there's a reason for that, and it's this, that every day a new chapter is being added. So I'm, in a long way, I'm kind of answering your question here. It's really, yeah, the acts of the Holy Spirit. It's not the acts of the apostles. The, the apostles have gone, but it's what he did through them and what he's continuing to do through us, his church. Yes, we're very much the, the following uh, book or chapters in that book. Yeah. But what about the actual receiving of the Holy Spirit, Ken? I mean, there's some people who'll say that we receive the Holy Spirit when we are born again, that point of conversion. Mm. Or some say that we need to have some kind of secondary experience in the Holy Spirit called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Can you give us some clarity? Yeah, well, look, I come from a, a Pentecostal or charismatic background, but I, I've you know looked at this um, whole issue for many years, mm. and I've come to the conclusion that probably we're not so divided as we think we are on this subject. Let me let okay. me say also that I, I totally respect those that don't see things the way I see them. And address all letters to Ken Lick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. All right. But let's start with, um, you know, the end of John's gospel, okay? Jesus called the disciples together, and there we read that he breathed upon them, and he said, uh, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, that word breathed is the word empuseo in the Greek. It's the only time that it's used in the whole of the New Testament. But if you look at the Greek translation of the Old Testament, it's the word that's used when God created man. It says that God uh, formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils Mm. the breath of life. So we see the comparison here. As God breathed into Adam, he was given life. That was the creation of man. Then when Jesus breathed into his disciples, they were given new life. It was the new creation. Mm. So that was like the regeneration, if you like. So then he says, now go and wait until you receive the Holy Spirit. So we can only draw the conclusion that there's a secondary experience in the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, the danger is when some people say, unless you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you haven't received the Holy Spirit. Because Paul says, if any man uh, is in Christ, he received the Spirit of Christ. If the Spirit of Christ is not in you, then you're not his. So everyone who is saved has received the Holy Spirit. So what is he saying here when, when he's talking about, now go and wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Well, one is an incoming, which happens at regeneration. Mm. The out is an uh, the other, sorry, is an outflowing. The first experience we know about, we know when we're saved, but the second others know about because they're impacted by some manifestation or outflowing of the Holy Spirit. And we saw that in Scripture with things like speaking in tongues and prophecy and bold witnessing and, and so on, and we see yeah. that today. It reminds me of when Jesus said, you know, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers 
of living waters. It's it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit is in our life. That's right. It's it's the outflowing. And then he went on to say that he was speaking about the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Uh, you probably know of David Pawson, a great teacher mm-hmm. in the body of Christ. And he made an interesting observation on this. He said, whenever the person of the Holy Spirit is referred to, the definite article is you. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Yep. So yes, everyone receives the Spirit when they're born again. So he comes in as his in his person. But whenever the power of the Holy Spirit is meant, the definite article is omitted. It's not there. For example, Holy Spirit was not given because Jesus was not glorified. That's how that last verse would read that I've just read to you. Not mm. the Holy Spirit, but Holy Spirit. In other words, Holy Spirit power yep. was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Did you receive Holy Spirit when you believe? Not the Holy Spirit, but Holy Spirit power. So all have received the Holy Spirit, but it's this, you know, power Not of the Holy Spirit the power. that we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Well, you mentioned earlier that Christians aren't maybe as far apart on this subject as we think. What did you mean by that? Well, obviously what I'm saying is that every Christian has received the Holy Spirit. Paul says in his epistle to the Ephesians, he says, um, Be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with new wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. That word fill means to be under the control of. Give yourself over to the Holy Spirit. Don't give yourself over to intoxicating wine, but give yourself over to the power of Mm. the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the thing. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit. But the issue is, does the Holy Spirit have all of us? Mm. And he will fill every part of our lives that we will surrender to him. So when Paul says be filled with the Holy Spirit, he's not suggesting for one minute that the Holy Spirit doesn't already indwell a believer. But what he's saying is you have all of the Holy Spirit, but does he have all of you? Well, that brings us to the end of our series this week. Hope you can join us next week when we start a brand new one. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book New Covenant, New Glory, which features topics from today's message, shop online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.